Welcome once again to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows. One of the shows that we have up on air and online, seven days a week, 24-7, here at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. You are listening to us as either a podcast, pretty standard way of listening to this type of commentary show, or you're listening to us as what we call a radio loop. Uh, and if you go to the aforementioned uh, homepage of our website, www.centerlefttalkradio.com, uh, you will, after encountering a lovely photograph of the microphone on which I am speaking right now, right below that there are two links. The first is to our podcast uh, feed. Uh, this show will be the first show on the feed. That's probably how you manage to listen to me if you're going in that direction. Or you hit the second link, and that link took you to the radio loop. And the radio loop is, as the name would well certainly suggest, if not perfectly define, it is this show running in a constant loop on a separate computer, and when you hit that link, you pick up the show at whatever point in the constant loop it happens to be, much as you would uh, turn the dial on a radio, uh, an analog radio, and uh, pick up a show, a talk show, wherever that show happened to be at that point in its, uh, in, in its uh, play. But in this case, you don't have to worry about what time it's going to come on. Certainly with a podcast, that's never an issue. That's how we, everything is uh, selection. Uh, everything is personal choice. And when you want to schedule it, it's all about you, us, us, I, I, I. We've, we've done that. We've gotten out of the community notion of, uh, of anything, pretty much. I mean, uh, so much more of what we watch in terms of... Uh, our video content is all coming to us via streaming, and, and uh, so much of that uh, is basically our consumption of uh, miniseries and, and uh, that sort of thing. And we pick those up whenever we want. Well, that's how we do our uh, listening here. Uh, and, of course, we are audio only. That's how we're set up. But you pick us up anytime you want, uh, either... Uh, as a podcast or as uh, as a radio loop. That's kind of it. You don't have to know the, what time does center-left radio come on any time you happen to want to hear us. Uh, it is the 8th of July, and uh, it's, uh, it's a hell of a morning. I mean, uh, before, before uh, yesterday evening, we already knew yesterday evening that Boris Johnson had... Uh, resigned as leader of the Tories, of the Conservative Party in Britain. Uh, that was coming for a while. Uh, Johnson, how, how else to put this? Boris Johnson uh, is a bit of a, kind of a clown. I mean, he, he, he always has been. He's, I, I heard him described by, by one of the American uh, uh, 
online stations this morning or one, one of the, uh, one of the uh, cable networks as this kind of guy who could take a kernel, a kernel of truth about someone or something and fabricate an amazing story around it and essentially flirt with the notion of lying outright constantly and carry it as far as he could carry it for his own personal or political purposes and essentially go on and do it again and again and then get involved in what scandal and what crazy party he was at and what he was doing. And, and, and he just kept doing this as the mayor of London, when he was mayor of London, I remember this, uh, he, he was that type of guy then with the crazy, uh, I, I hope it's blonde dyed hair, I don't know if that's his, okay, great, uh, wild, fuzzy, uh, uh, sort of uh, self-descriptive, reminds one of, of another politician who kind of uh, used his hair as a, uh, as a vehicle for self-identification. And it, it, is, it would seem, it would seem that it got to a point where his, his antics and this, 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 uh, this uh, attention-grabbing, this, this, whole, this whole process of keeping the focus on him as uh, it's all about me, again, a variation, I, I suppose, on Trump, uh, it, it, it lost favor with British politicians because the polls were saying that in the upcoming elections, the Conservative Party was on the verge of taking a real beating with Boris Johnson as its head. Keep in mind, the, the way things work in the UK is that the leader of the party, of either party, the, the two main parties, there are a few subs, but the leader of the two main parties, uh, Labour and, and Tories and, and Conservatives, uh, that's the person who becomes the prime minister, depending on uh, the party that gets the most votes in the general elections. This is how the, the, the parliamentary system works. You don't vote for the prime minister per se. Uh, it's not as though, uh, it's not like a presidential election here or in other countries that have a, a presidential system. You don't vote for that particular person for president in, this, in the capacity of president. They're not the top of the ticket, as it were. They are simply the result of the party winning the most. We've, we've done shows on this before. People have talked about this for a long, long time. And, and the relative advantages that a parliamentary system would have uh, over... Uh, a system such as our own, which which could work well, a a a, a you know a two house bicameral legislative uh, system that we have, when of course the two parties are both functional, and and operating as they're supposed to, and the government is operating as it's supposed to. We don't we're we're seeing 
the, 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 the wrong side of that right now. And of course, that being complicated in America by the continuation of the electoral system, something you don't have. Re I don't think there's an equivalent of that or anything like that in Britain. Uh, it's a lot smaller than us. I, they don't require this, this sense of giving every state, no matter what size, the ability to elect the president and all the, the shenanigans uh, that go with this sort of thing, this, this forced sense that we are still absolutely 50 separate states and, uh, and basically everybody is independent and we're always afraid of the centralized federal government taking over and in, in a world that is so interactive, in a country that is so interactive, uh, the, I, I'm, I've long been convinced the downside to that approach to, uh, to governance uh, is, is, uh, is far worse than whatever we might uh, otherwise experience were we to simply get rid of the electoral system and go to a true one-person, one-vote system. I mean, it just makes sense to go in that direction. But we're seeing, we're seeing all the downside of that. We're seeing all the gerrymandering. We're seeing what happens in America when a party that is losing uh, the the numbers it, that doesn't have the 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 total popular support or the or the majority popular support that one would have expected uh, a, a party in control would have how it as a minority can overrule and overtake the forces of the majority it it takes some real fancy footwork to make that happen. But the, uh, but the Republicans, have, what's left of them, uh, the Trumpians, uh, have, have shown how it can be done. Uh, you pack the Supreme Court, you gerrymander the districts that you have, you add, uh, you add people, uh, you redistrict in a way that is favorable to your party, you basically pass local voter rules that uh, either flat out disenfranchise or make it very difficult for people of the opposing party to vote. And you take advantage of this uh, area by area way in which we elect officials uh, to formulate a rulership, as it were, within the Congress and the Senate, and essentially uh, sitting there with uh, maybe a third of the American people supporting what are usually Trumpian positions these days, you still manage to go ahead and to do things that basically drive the country and drive not policies, but your, your, your cultural positions down the throats of everybody else. Roe v. Wade, with three justices of the Supreme Court being appointed by Trump in his last disastrous year in office, uh, all, all of that gives you an idea of what can be done by a minority government. We've had all of the Republicans appointed in the 21st century that have been president in the 21st century have entered that position uh, with less than the majority of popular votes in their favor. 
Uh, Hillary Clinton beat Donald Trump by something like three million votes. Uh, George Bush with the famous, the famous Florida, nope, we're not going to recount any further. And had they continued the recount, of course, uh, um, Al Gore would have been president of the United States. Imagine what that might have done vis-a-vis -vis, uh, not going or not winding up in uh, Afghanistan and perhaps not winding up in Iraq and, and not being willing to obey, you know, believe the, 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 the crap that the neocons... I mean, the world would have been a very different place if we simply followed what seemed to have been the will of our founding fathers. They did not have a, a fancy political system in mind. In fact, they gave very little in the way of political system information. They never talked about political parties, none of that. That wasn't even assumed to be in existence at the time that, that the Constitution was passed. And for a while thereafter, there really were no political parties until the beginning of the 19th century. And, and look where it's gotten us. Well, in Britain, with, with, uh, with Boris Johnson's resignation, it's a realization by the, uh, by the, uh, the politicians within the Conservative Party, within the Tories, that the people have had enough. In the end, it winds up, of course, being the will of the people. And that they'd had enough of Boris Johnson that basically he was going to be a drag on the electorate. And now, it's not just the people. You have to have, the politicians obviously have to be able to uh, you know, say, okay, I, I accept this. We, could, could the politicians have continued on with Boris Johnson? Uh, as uh, as the as the head of party as they went into the next set of elections. By the way, there will be another set of elections now in about it'll be several weeks. About someone saying four to six weeks. Britain uh, gets to elections very very quickly. They have very stringent controls on how much can be spent by candidates, how electioneering, how campaigning can be done. You can have an election very quickly in Britain. They don't spend the billions and billions and billions of dollars that Americans spend. There are very very specific restrictions. That additional element, that additional uh, ugliness that we have, this, this capacity to use our media in this country as a vehicle to basically um, often lie and misposition opposing candidates uh, about who they are and what they do is something that the UK really doesn't have anywhere near as much of as we do. I mean, I, I think there's a mistake that a lot of Americans have that, well, they're kind of just like us. No, not, not really. It winds up no one's really these days just like us. The business of politics, the business of electioneering, the business of getting put into office, the business of, of who is paying the bills, the business of who you have to take into account, the business of, of your uh, cultural orientation, the business of fundraising based on cultural issues. America has taken what is otherwise a free system of, pol of politics and political, and, and political uh, wrangling and found the worst possible, I feel, the worst possible variant on it. 
driven it to its absolute extremes by inserting money and power and everything else and greed and the capacity to accept lies and a tolerance, a tolerance for, for misguided uh, <clears throat> politicking, for misguided non-leadership, a, 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 almost an, a, a, a willful ignorance, a desire not to know what's really going on, a desire simply to add the political uh, structure as another form of entertainment. We've really driven this to the worst possible level it can be. We're seeing the worst of what politics can be within, still allegedly, within the confines of what is permissible, legally permissible, within our structure. And it's a bloody shame. Uh, there isn't really, uh, we're not really in a position to, to get a fair statement of what the American people want. It's, it's all set up so that you now, now still have the minority party, the Trumpians, the Republicans. Uh, they're different from true conservatives, very different. They are going to remain in control. The Supreme Court has shown already, uh, as one of the three branches of government, that it's not interested in being a balance in any way, shape, or form on the executive and legislative functions. No, it is a it is a driving force in and of itself, looking for opportunity to basically forward the agenda items, the the cultural uh, the culture war agenda items of the Trumpian set and doing this in an effort basically to maintain the loyalty of the diehard Trumpian types, even if whatever the court is in favor of is otherwise utterly uh, against what popular will might be in the country. But, well, this, this is the really weird part. You can have, and, and, and this, this tells you just how bizarre our system has gotten. You can have an issue like uh, gun control, like abortion, which polls hugely, hugely f uh, in favor of having continued Roe v. Wade protections and in, ter and in, gu in terms of gun control, hugely, hugely in favor of national background checks and limitations on automatic weapons and things like that. This can poll hugely big, big numbers, 70, 80, 90% numbers across the country in a progressive, let's call it, direction. And yet at the same time, the fundraising, the money, the stuff that keeps the political parties fueled, the fundraising is done by taking the extreme issues, the opposite issue, getting rid of Roe v. Wade, getting, uh, uh, fighting anything that even looks like a gun control piece of legislation. And, and, and how do you have that? How do you, on one hand, poll people, and of course, it has, if it's 70 and 80 percent that want to have full background checks in the country, get rid of automatic weapons, that want to keep Roe v. Wade, how, how do you have that? You've got to be including people who are at least registered Republicans in that, those populations when you're polling. And yet, 
the money, the thing that seems to keep the politicians interested when they see their campaign funds coming in, the money would seem to suggest that the polling is, an, is, the, is, the, is the polar opposite of what the message is that's being given to the politicians. They're getting their money by being uh, at the wrong end of the polling on these things. How the hell is this going on? I, I don't have a, I don't have, well, the easy answer is the money people understand that they've got to raise tons of money from a smaller group of people and from, from corporate donors and the like, and they've got to basically get this money. Well, they're doing it on the cult of, the cult of Donald. He is a cult figure, ha, continues to basically encourage a lot of money to come in. People like him, and again, I go back to this, this intersection between politics and entertainment in this country. People seem to enjoy him. There's this, there's this desire not to really get into the weeds. He's our guy. He's, he's the station I like to turn to. I enjoy the Donald show and everything that goes with the Donald show. And somehow, in, in, in some schizophrenic way, there is this division between I like Donald and all of the things that flow from Donald. It's still a Donald-based situation. And yet at the same time, I could probably answer a pollster. I would have to. Otherwise, polls are meaningless, but I, but I don't think they are totally meaningless. I, somehow, I can be in favor of gun controls for Roe v. Wade, but I'll give money to Donald Trump knowing that he basically is promoting something that goes against what I would otherwise want, but my affiliation to Donald and this whole Trumpian uh, social media, uh, I don't know what to call it, thing, is okay. It outweighs my my capacity to literally put my money where my heart is and my mouth is, and say, "Well, if I want to have gun controls, if I'm if I'm a registered Republican, I'm in favor of gun controls. I'm in favor of Roe v. Wade. I don't want Donald Trump and his minions out there. That that logically should be the flow. But for some crazy crazy reason, it's not." the pathway that seems to exist. Now, is, have, have Republicans found a new pathway? Is there something we're missing here? Or, or are we building up to a point where we are getting near a similar breaking point to what the, what the British just went through with Boris Johnson, where this capacity, this, this, this tolerance for clownishness, this tolerance for, for buffoonery, this tolerance for outright lying, this tolerance uh, for wanting to be able to enjoy him simply because 
in every way that 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 makes my emotions and makes my blood boil this guy is able to basically stick it to the libs or the people he the people he promotes all stick it to the libs and i don't want to admit to myself that that what's in my favor may be something that libs would like also like gun controls like uh, essentially wanting to have free access to abortions in the country legal safe abortions we're going through a whole thing right now with the military. What happens? What happens when military personnel are stationed in a uh, in a wackadoodle state where basically all abortion is banned and it's gonna you're gonna wind up in prison. And it's gonna kill you. You're you're gonna be and you can't. What what does a military person do? What does this do to recruiting of women? In the military, we need them. We need a lot of women in the military. How how do you how do you keep your military readiness going? When now a woman in the military who would otherwise have an abortion, maybe you'll be in a state where, yeah, you can have an abortion, but you're going to have to claim it was rape. It's the only thing that you could do is claim rape. And you're going to have to legally go out there and say who did it. What the hell? I mean, we're, we're, we're back in the 12th century again. These things, these things are all opposing. The, the, we're, we're doing things that basically are running afoul of one another and i and i just wonder how long how long can we is it pretend that we can have the donald show that you could just flick the donald show on and enjoy it and let and let your brains drift away and 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 politicians looking at the Donald show, you know, what were Republicans basically saying, yeah, people are watching the Donald show and they're still enjoying it, but knowing full well that all of the all of the on the ground realities of America are trending against this, that they're pushing that they're pushing, uh, they they've they've totally overstepped their bounds when it comes to how they're dealing with social issues. The realities of America and the realities of how American functions simply don't leave room for a lot of these wackadoodle positions that the Trumpians have. I, I I'm not sure where this ends, or perhaps I am a little more sure than I I, I think. I want to believe it ends when basically our politicians on this side of the lake, the Atlantic, uh, do very much what British politicians just did and realized that the, this embrace of Donald and, uh, and, and, and the far extreme uh, you know, uh, positions the the cultural the cultural wackadoodleness that that seems to typify the Trumpian branch of the party. We have to step away from it. But how do you how do you how do you disengage it from the money that seems to be supporting the wackadoodle stuff? even though most of the people don't support anything like the level of wackadoodle that Trump and his minions are promoting on uh, social media and in every other way. That th there's this disproportionate ability to affect 
things by a smaller and smaller group of people. This, again, is not what the founding fathers had in mind. I, I, you can't have, you can't have the, the notion that we have a tyranny of, a minor, of the minority. You know, they, yes, they were very much aware and did not want to have the tyranny of a majority. There were all sorts of, of balances set in. That's what the Electoral College, uh, among other things, to prevent you know, something like a populist. Like the, the Electoral College operating as it, as, it, as it should have would have prevented Donald Trump from becoming president. That's where the Electoral College really, really would have been effective by essentially saying, nope, this is a populist, and the, and the upper crust sorts that would have populated the Electoral College in a state-by-state -state basis would have said, yes, even though the people have voted for him, we realize that he is nothing but a dilettante wackadoodle basically out here to take advantage of things on his own. They would have sat down, gotten together, and said, nope, this is one of those times when we must overrule well that particular that original function of the electoral college is obviously no longer with us the electoral college is nothing more than a than a, than a numerical system but it still is a system and one that donald and company attempted to manipulate by simply uh, saying, well, you know, it really is nothing but a slate of people, and we all, everybody takes it for granted what it is and how it works, but in the end, because there are still rules that go with it, well, those rules are made to be broken as far as uh, Trump and company go. And essentially, they, uh, they fomented an insurrection against the United States, attempting basically to over overturn a fair and free election. To this moment, Donald is still out there yelling and screaming that uh, he was robbed and, you know, trying so far to just make it a First Amendment issue. Obviously, uh, the January 6th committee it has uh, different thoughts about that. But, but largely, what you have is um, a system that has become so malleable and so and so tolerant of all of of of, of a of its of an entertainment of an in, infomercial entertainment <clears throat> sort of content <clears throat> that there's there there seems to be no limit to what the system can tolerate and still be entertaining you see you see it, this is ent Donald as entertainment, and 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 we're not we haven't gotten to the where the British people have gotten to, with someone like uh, a Boris Johnson, where the people finally say enough of this, we don't want this. This man is not representative of what we are. America has not gotten there yet. Or, or, or groups of Americans haven't gotten there with Trump. And, 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 and the thing is that the money that flows towards politic politicians and everybody else doesn't seem to be conditioned, in whole at least, on the realities of how people's lives are affected by the legislation that is being put out or the positions that are being put out by Trumpian politicians. We can have, we, they can love Trump and at the same time be polling as being for the retention of Roe v. Wade 
for gun controls, and yet they'll drop a check in the mail when Donald says, give us a check, because the cultural distinction between him and everybody else makes you do something that's it's totally against your own your own best interest. It, it, it doesn't make, it, it just, it sounds crazy, doesn't it? I mean, but, but that, that's the only way I can put this together. It's, it's, it's sort of a, it's a fantasy and it's, it's, a, it's a psychosis. And, and it's, I think it's only when Donald is finally brought to justice, literally, and when he is finally indicted, when he's finally tried, when all the yelling and screaming, and when he finally becomes a true liability, when, when the politicians, when Republican politicians have to say, my God, having this guy as the titular head of our party, this is a liability. This is really going to affect a combination of money and votes. And I can't see, we're, we're at a point where the only way I really see this happening is when there is a full, full stop reality check brought to bear on this guy. In the form of an indictment and a trial. And, and, and the ultimate results of that, barring jury tampering, barring some absolute stupidity in the way uh, the trial is conducted, and I don't see that happening given the incredibly uh, forceful and thoughtful way in which the January 6th committee has put all this information together, what it has made available just to itself, what obviously the Justice Department has from the January January 6th committee, what the Justice Department, using its own resources, must be able to put together. I don't see how that can happen. There, there, it's all there. We've watched, we've listened to Trump essentially trying to, trying to induce the Georgia Secretary of State, Raffensperger, to basically throw the election. Find me 11,000, whatever the number is, 760 votes. Come on, man, you could do the right thing. You know you can do that. I won by 400,000, you know that. Just find me 11,000, that's all, that's one more than, they, than, than we need. What? Come on. How how is that not how is that not the most glaring, blatant form of election fraud in your that you've ever seen in your entire life? How is that a statement of First Amendment principles and rights? How how was that not jail time? How is that not you know 10, 20 years of jail time just for that alone? And 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 doing it within the context of the of of the office of the President of the United States, I. I, I have to keep thinking. I have to say to myself, we are, we're going, we're, we're in the last phases. We're in the last phases of a sleepwalk. We're, we're, we're living through a weird moment in our political and personal time where we still, we still haven't differentiated between our, the entertainment we're taking in and the nature of our country. We, we, we have too many people who don't understand how America works. They're learning. They're learning bit by bit. They're learning the dangers of simply enjoying the Donald Show. 
They're learning what can happen when you basically turn your eyes away from what it is you actually need in your life and you allow, you allow someone like this, you allow, you allow a, a total charlatan, a total head case, a, a total narcissist to simply run the show because you enjoy seeing it run. And hey, I'll, I'll, it's like PBS, I'll, 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 I'll throw my money in the hat. Just keep the Donald show it. I like what he says. I like, I like that he's taking it, he's taking it to the libs, etc. Oh, but how about what it takes to run the government to make my life a little better? You know, things with gun control, you know, things like having abortion rights. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, uh, yeah, I'm for that too. Yeah, I, I, I'm for that. But I love the Donald show. Well, y you can't have both. And we're getting closer and closer, I think, in this country to the realization, to the reality that you have to basically, you have to basically just give up Donald permanently for Lent. He, you, you, you have to let this boy go. And I think the party has known it, the politicians have known it for a while, the, the coffers still get filled uh, with Donald's stuff. The Donald voices seem to be the loudest, or at least are the ones that seem to be giving the most, resulting in the most financial. It's always follow the money. And, and they're given the greatest loudness because of the people in social media who are promoting those voices. It's, 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 a, it's a falsified image of the world. It's not reflecting the people of America. We, we haven't figured out how to disenamor ourselves from this fantasy we're in. Money makes it hard to do that because money obviously can be manipulated. Our, our, the structure of our system makes it relative, apparently, no one understood, but relatively easy to do that. You simply stick three conservative justices on the Supreme Court and you change everything. You basically, the court turns around and defies and denies that there was ever such a thing as stare decisis or that it's not supposed to be a political body and becomes a totally political body. Clarence Thomas's wife is in, is in cahoots with the, with the insurrectionists. He refuses to recuse himself from cases involving the insurrection against the United States. Everything just goes to hell because it can. And if we don't hold the system's feet to the fire, if in November it's, well, you know, they said it was going to happen. They said, we're there, you, know, you know how it works in every midterm. If the president and the, and, the, and the House and the Senate are all one party, well, then the other party takes a, well, But the consequences of Republicans take, let's try the House, for God's sake. Well, they're, they're, they're talking, well, you know what we're going to do? Uh, McCarthy and others are saying, we're going to begin counter-January 6th committee hearings. We're going to begin investigating the January 6th committee. Why? Well, because they have no choice. If, if you're going to keep Donald up there, if, if, if you are obliged to keep Donald up there, well, now you have to undermine what the January 6th committee has done. All the hearings, you have to basically, you have to basically negate, you have to, you have to quash and squash and, and basically overturn all these perceptions. You're going to have to, in essence, they're going to have to lie their fucking asses off, pardon me, in order to basically now undo the proper work that was done, the proper investigatory work, the 
clearly, clearly, clearly free and open statements of Republicans working with Donald Trump. They're going to have to undo all of that in order to somehow support Trump. And, and don't doubt for a second that they won't. This, this, is, this is the only path open. But you only do that, of course, <coughs> if you imagine or if you're operating under the assumption that Donald must be protected at all costs because we have to keep him up there. With, and, and, and this, of course, even happening while certain Republicans are looking around and you have your DeSantis and others who are saying, well, you know, maybe there's still room for me to run in, in, in 2024, but I'll position myself so that if Donald actually says he's going to run, I'm ready to back away. At this. You can't have this. You, you can't do this. And they all know that if Donald basically is taken down, this is going to have a dramatic effect on the party. The Donald show as we know it, as the faithful who are willing to give their 10 and 15 and $20 donations to Donald to give them 100 million bucks to do whatever the hell he wants to do with, all of that will rapidly begin to go away. Donald will attempt to take that money. There, there will be lawsuits brought against Donald for uh, inappropriate uh, raising of this money. You're going to see all kinds of crazy stuff happen. The moment Donald becomes is defined as the criminal that he is. And, and, and yet no Republican seems to want to do, or they think, they've, they think they're all smart enough. They've all factored in, well, if that happens, I'm ready with this strategy. They don't understand what this is going to do to the Republican Party and the Republican image generally. You can't go as far as they've gone so far and expect this simple, easy transition when Donald goes. It'll, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just pick it up. There's going to be a major, major day of reckoning for the Republicans, and it'll happen, it could happen as early as uh, November, and it most certainly will happen going into the 2024 elections. The fantasy that they've been living in will not sustain. It will not, it, it, you can't keep this going for any great length of time, not much longer. You can't be living in, in multiple worlds that basically are made to appear as though they can conjoin simply because money is there to lubricate all the rough surfaces. You can't basically be for Donald and against uh, weapons of mass destruction and against weapons like a, a, against AR-15s and, and, and still support. It's, it's not, it's not going to work. It's just not going to work much longer. And, 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 the, and, the, and the, the frightening notion of what a, another Donald Trump term could be like, what, what it would be like just to have Republicans running the House, what it would be like to give the Senate back to Mitch McConnell to block everything that could be happening with Joe Biden for the next two years, bringing the country again to an absolute dead standstill. All of that. Americans have to start taking this into account. Are, are, are we ready? I mean, are we ready by November of, of this year to really understand what 
how the Republicans are, are basically trapped in this fantasy world of Trump, how we've allowed ourselves to find ourselves in there, that we might basically, if there are, I'm sure there are plenty of people in the Republican or in the Trumpian world who are a lot smarter than Donald Trump would ever be and are looking for ways to basically make what they think is power at any cost, make it permanent because you can't do it in a world and in a country where the numbers are growing against you demographically. Republicans just will not have the numbers any longer. Not that they have them right now. They're obviously ruling against or they're ruling beyond their numerical capabilities. The only way you retain power in a system like that is if you forcefully overtake it. And by the time it's been forcefully overtaken, well, <laughs> I, I keep throwing the military out there as, as the wild card. I, uh, I write about this, I mean, in my, in my, in my fiction. No one seems to want to look at the military as a force that says at some point in the game, look, we're sick and tired of this BS, and we're going to basically, uh, we're going to stop this takeover by the crazies. Uh, and and we'll, just, we'll, just, we'll just sort of take things over until things calm down. I'm talking about a military coup. Everybody goes, no, it's not possible. It couldn't, it couldn't possibly happen in this country. With the Roe v. Wade decision and what it just did to military recruitment of women and the ability of women to live in states where there are now, uh, you, you could be criminalized and everything else for just even talking about an abortion, the insanity of that, the fact that we have red states and blue states, that, we've, that, we've re, that, the, that the Supreme Court has recreated a pre-Civil War America like no other institutions could have possibly done, given rise to all the crazies who, again, are doing this primarily. I don't know that they believe it morally, but it's a great fundraiser. Keep the fundraiser going. This is how you keep the money flowing in, even if it's against the interests of the people who are giving you money. It's nuts. This, this, we're in a psychotic uh, political environment. And the military that is so prone to order and discipline and everything else saying, wait a minute, now we have to go ahead and start figuring out how we're going to maintain uh, recruitment. We're having enough trouble as it is right now recruiting anybody. We need women in the military. And now we're going to have to think of, well, we can only base women in states that have, that have fair abortion laws, that have free access or, or proper access to their own uh, personal health and we can't have the, wait a minute, this is nuts. This is affecting national security. I know, I know, I know, oh wow, yeah, you're going way off the deep end here. It's rational, it's national security. It is the largest military the planet has ever known the most powerful with the most weapons. It has more and is better equipped and better funded than any military in the history of this planet. It operates so far with a gentleman's agreement that it's, uh, yes, it's on in the Constitution, but we've seen how much Republicans care about the Constitution, how much the Constitution seems to matter to Americans generally. If they like the Donald show, would they like a military show? 
Would you like to have a military show where the military sort of take over and make everything or keep everything in order? And a lot of this craziness goes away and, and the flag goes up a lot more and there's a lot more patriotic shows and everybody, you know, and, and oh, that's a great show. I like that. Let's watch that show. And again, divorce it from the reality of what might be happening. What would it take? If we could live in a fantasy about what Republicans and Trumpians are, why not live in a fantasy about what the military is? I know, I know, I know, no, that couldn't happen here. No, it's, that's not going in that direction. You have, but with what the court has just done by cutting back Roe v. Wade is basically tied the military's hands in its recruitment of women and its ability to basically station and place troops within this country. Is the military going to put up with that? Think about that. Where does that lead us to? That's real world, people. It's a small thing, sure. But, you know, a lot of Americans just don't want to think about the small things. Do you want to think about the fact that Shinto Abe, the former prime minister of Japan, was just assassinated? Do we want to think of what that effect will be on China and what's going on in Taiwan? And, and if there are accusations against China, that, 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 that China was behind this and where this might go? Do we really want to think about what it means that Boris Johnson and base will not, no longer be the head of the, of, the, of the Tory party, that the people of England finally have had enough, that their politicians... Does anyone want to take that into account. There are huge changes out there. And we're living in this fantasy world right now in America. And damn it, one way or the other, it's going to slam us in the head. I hope it's not in the worst possible way. I, 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 and I hope we could do some more talking about this because, you know, it is Friday and David Bach is about to come on air in just a moment. So this would be the best possible time to pull back for a moment and listen to a little jazz.
This is Richard Gazer. You know, it takes lots of time and effort and all kinds of resources to produce the kind of quality program we produce here at Center Left Radio. And it costs money to do it. Now, if we screamed a little louder or thought a little less about what we were saying, we could probably get a few advertisers to pay us to sell their products to a more tribally predictable audience. But that's not who we are or who you are. You come to center-left radio for non-commercial, thoughtful commentary. You're looking for an honest, progressive approach to solving America's problems, not exacerbating them. And we're committed to providing all of that. We're one of the few stations offering full-time, non-commercial, progressive programming. And we're the only station, the only one, doing it with a combination of hope, politics, and that most eloquent of all original American art forms, jazz. Think of it this way. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment and go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, give whatever you can on a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, $5, $10, $1,000, whatever you can contribute to make center-left radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant as the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident. And as we seek to hold the House Democrats accountable for the promises they made to the American people during the last election. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Central F Radio, thank you. You're listening to Central F Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and you are listening to the Friday show uh, here at www.centerlefttalkradio.com. Uh, That means that somebody that you've listened to once or twice before in your life is about to uh, give you more good, listenable stuff. And that leads me uh, rather quickly uh, to a uh, almost non-introduction. All I have to do is say the magic words, as it were, and a great discussion uh, usually happens. As in, David, what's on your mind? Well, there's a lot, and you can listen to me on t- uh, twitch.tv slash freshfacesnoideas and on Twitter at Faces Ideas. That's where David Bach um, is. Okay. Yeah, so there is there is some stuff going on. Um, there is a there is a story I very briefly want to touch on um, that's almost entirely an online thing, but it's uh, it's captivated the entirety of the uh, – the IDW, essentially. I don't know if you remember that term. Go, um, go on, yeah. Well, define, uh, the define for you. Yeah, yeah. Is a, uh, a term coined in about 2015, 2016. It's the intellectual dark web. It's basically a whole bunch of like right-wing uh, reactionaries being presented as like the new hip thought leaders. Yeah. Uh, like the Sam Harris's, the, the Ben Shapiro's, the, uh, those type of people. Um, so they, they're, like, considered uh, equally intelligent when basically they're just lying grifters. Yeah. 
Um, it's also worth mentioning that Ben Shapiro is a massive trans and homophobe, um, and that essentially the second his entire corporation, the Daily Wire, is in is his goal is to be as vicious as possible to trans people on literally every level. Um, so the reason I'm bringing this up is most recently they start they hired Jordan Peterson. So I don't know if you know who Jordan Peterson is. Jordan Peterson is a, was a former Canadian professor who was some type of uh, he some type of uh, philosopher or something. I don't I don't actually remember what it was. Jordan Peterson became famous around 2016 for lying about BC16. B16, he said, would basically force you to use the correct pronouns for a trans person or you would go to jail. This literally never happened. Um, but that's what he became famous for. So the Daily Wire recently hired him. And D- Jordan Peterson got thrown off of Twitter. He got thrown off of Twitter, and I, and I cannot tell you how stupid this is. Because he got mad that Ellen Page is no longer Ellen Page, but Elliot Page, and right. that a person who was thirty plus years old had top had a uh, top surgery. Yeah, and then he compared the the doctor who did that to a Nazi. Yeah, <laughs> I cannot express this enough how much of an online issue this is. In the reality that these people think exist, they would go up to somebody like Caitlyn Jenner. Or they'd be talking about somebody like Caitlyn Jenner and just call him Bruce. And then if they were in a crowd and they saw Caitlyn Jenner and they had something and they were trying to reference something around her, they would say that man over there. It's not how people react in society. It's literally an entirely online problem. They just cry about dead name. So basically what that is, is if a person is trans and they transition they, they and they change their name, Referring to them as their older name is considered dead name. It's considered a form of harassment because they're no longer that person. It literally requires the least amount of effort on a person physically possible to just not be a dick. And that's all their goal is, is just to be dicks to these people until they die and go away. What, what are they getting out of it? Uh, that, that's the end point here. What, what, what does it give them? What's, what's, what's the transaction here? Well, they, they can whine about it. And then people to what to money. what end to what to what how is how do they what do they get out of it more than just whining and belly aching? There must be a financial end to this thing. There must be a power end to well, this. Well, yeah, no. obviously people are going to subscribe to them because they like to hear that uh, the the SJWs and the, the trans people are really all the problem, and that they want to see them dunking on them. Yeah. So so and and they'll get money from these people, obviously, and 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 yes. there's no and their and their particular way of going after people uh, is just mean and ugly. It has no proportionately to the number of people in America and how anything happening in the trans community basically is negatively affecting America. It's meaningless. It's ridiculous. It's nuts. It's insane. But. People, because people like a show, and people enjoy social media, and people feel the and love the anonymity that it gives them, they can let out all their anger and steam and nastiness and bullshit and everything else, and they can basically keep these people afloat. And it has a cumulative effect when enough assholes are doing the same thing in, in, on parallel tracks throughout the uh, the Trumpian world. Essentially, am I? Are we on the same track here? Essentially, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it is worth mentioning that these are just 
this is these are literally the saddest people online. Yeah. Like they're not they're not heroes, they're not um, you know, brave culture warriors. They're the saddest people online. Um now, let's let's move on to real life. Um <laughs> Joe Biden is now doing an executive order to defend abortions. Yep. Or at least attempt to, which look, this is this is a recurring pattern and it's infinitely frustrating. The answer should not always be, oh, we can't do anything, vote harder. And then, like, two weeks later, oh, wait, we actually could do something. It's, we're going to do what we can now, here's what we're going to do, and then please go vote harder so that we can actually accomplish things because we can't, because Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema just refuse to defend people. Like they did this. This is not a. This is not the first time this, this happened with the ex, uh, eviction moratorium. Yeah. When it expired, yeah. they're like, "Oh, we can. We can't do anything about it. We can't do anything about it." And then Cory Bush and a whole bunch of other people protested on the Capitol steps. And oh, look at that! They extended it. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Do the thing first, and then ask for help. Yeah. Take the action. Let people react to it. Don't 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 tell us what you can't do. Wait for people to start pushing you. I mean, th- that's that's like the opposite of how the Republicans actually do. Republicans just take whatever they want, and Biden is acting like he like it's somewhere back in the 1980s or something. It's a very weird kind of way. I've been I've been having the same reaction to him, David. Uh, it's a very strange kind of way in which this guy is reacting. I I don't know what to make of it. Very odd. The answer really, the answer to this really is democratic leadership needs to change. They are incapable of dealing with the moment um, on any level. They, they just are. They, they, the, uh, they cannot um, adequately fight back on the actual issues that we're facing. It's just, at the very least, Chuck Schumer needs to be replaced. Um, I don't care who replaces, literally, uh, almost anybody else. Michelle, the White House, uh, uh, what, what's his, who's the guy from Ohio with the uh, with the uh, Sher, uh, Sher, uh, Sher, Sher Brown? Sher Brown, yeah, yeah. Um, Elizabeth Warren. I don't care any of them. Need to replace him. He he is not adequate for this moment. Um, Mitch McConnell is is balling him up. Yeah. Uh, we need that's that's the type of uh, nonsense that we're, we're dealing with. Also, um, I don't know if you saw this article. There was an article by Ken Klippenstein in the Intercept yesterday about an ad that uh, Ron Johnson was going to run on uh, July 6th. No, I didn't the see it going. The yeah. is, I think, further uh, plants Ron Johnson as the dumbest senator. Yeah. The ad is talking about the 53 people who were found dead in Texas, the, the immigrants. Uh-huh. And it starts with saying the largest mass, the, it's saying the, the latest mass killing in this country was not due to guns. Now, they pulled the ad because of what happened on July 4th. However, that's not why this ad is stupid. This ad is stupid because literally the only time that sentence is true was basically the hour that that, that those bodies are discovered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In America, there is a mass shooting every single day. Sometimes there's two. Sure. The only, Every single day, there is a mass shooting caused by guns. So to say that statement is is not true. If he had said the largest mass killing, yes. However, the point he's trying to make is that this is caused by Joe Biden's open door policy at the border. 
this is what they keep saying. They keep saying things like, oh, they all of these people have been reversed, uh, have been found by, by uh, Border Patrol or been encountered by Border Patrol. This is because of Joe Biden's open borders. Or all of these, uh, the, these, these thousands of pounds of drugs have been found by... Uh, um, by Border Patrol, this is because of Joe Biden's open border. Literally not understanding all of these concepts don't happen because the, the border is open. So, like, if the border is as open as they say, and there's no law enforcement, nothing there going on, why are people paying smugglers to get across? Exactly. Why are 54 people in a van trying to get across and don't get across? Why, you know, why is this happening the way it happens? Because, because the, there are effective interception and interdiction uh, you know, mechanisms in place and that the laws are working as they're supposed to. Uh, Ron Johnson's an asshole. Uh, he, he'll say anything. He knows he's lying. He's, he's playing sort of, a, it's sort of a Boris Johnson game you know, that he's playing uh, on his end, knowing full well that what he says is a lie. It's anything that will keep the culture divide and anything that will keep people revved up and anything that'll get people to give money to an organization that basically doesn't even have the, 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 the best interests of, of their own supporters in mind. But Ron Johnson, on top of all that, is a complete flaming asshole. Probably the biggest asshole in the Senate. I agree with you on that. Right. Then the other thing is we have two governors that we can compare it to. So yesterday, Gavin Newsom made an announcement um, because if you weren't paying attention, California had a $100 billion surplus. It is the largest surplus in history for a state. They're taking that and reinvesting it into the state. Um, they're doing it in a number of ways. There's, uh, they're doing just rebates just to help deal with inflation. I think they're giving people like $1,000 each um, as, a, as a, a middle-class tax rebate, which is a thing that we know for a fact will help raise people out of poverty yeah. and help them be better because yeah. it was literally the only effective policy that the Biden administration had that every single Republican and Joe Manchin killed. Yeah, um, yeah. They're also uh, expanding uh, access to like transportation, and access to school, access to childcare, things like that. But the real important thing that they're doing, or hopefully it's doing, is they're going to create their own insulin. They're going to put the money into generating their own infrastructure so that they can produce insulin at a cost that is significantly lower than what most of America pays. Wow, I, I hadn't heard that, and boy, does that that is that's brilliant. That's a brilliant use of of of, of part of a hundred billion dollars. Wow. Yeah. So it's the the reason this is worth talking about is because this is an effective policy. They're also expanding their own version of a of a single payer healthcare system. Yeah. 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 Which is a good model that is hopefully is is effective in each st in their state it can expand to other states medical yeah medical yeah they they had that go yeah oh, that's great man I, I i had i hadn't heard the details i heard i heard that there was uh, some really good social uh constructive social activity that was going to be done but i i had not heard all these details this is really good stuff really good stuff Right. It's worth keeping an eye on because just because you say that you're doing a thing doesn't mean you end up doing the thing effectively. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but 
this is what people need to be paying attention to. Because on the other hand, Republican governors are forcing 10-year-olds to get pregnant. Yeah. They're in Ohio. They're going after their public schools because they believe that there's something to do with CRT or funding or something uh, that he said. Uh, They also... They also tweeted that it's a great day to work up, wake up because of uh, because of Jesus or something, which you know, it's always good to have in a in a secular nation. Naturally, um, naturally, of course, yeah. But these are like we should be aware of these, and it's also worth remembering. Um, the House passed a bill uh, earlier this year or last year, and the bill was a cap on insulin prices. So it's either $35 a month or like 10% of whatever you pay in healthcare. Yeah. Republicans blocked it. They blocked it. Uh, and they're continuing to block it. Yeah. So, they, so anytime you hear them talk about, oh, why don't we, um, we want to bring down healthcare? Ask them how. Literally anytime you hear, you hear a Republican make a statement just ask them for a policy position. They have slogans. When you ask them, okay, gas prices are starting to come down now. How oh. would you solve this? And they will say the Keystone XL pipeline. And then you point out the fact that that's an incredibly stupid answer. And that's not a policy position. Yeah. Give us a real one. Or they'll say, oh, we're going to deal with inflation. Say how. Yeah. They said, well, we're going to cut government spending. What government spending? You're going to cut Medicare and Medicaid? Because that's what you, that's the only plan out there that it says is to cut those things. In other words, what you're saying, David, it's, it's, it's the standard, standard Republican situation that I will give you, I will give you some kind of a blanket statement that, that culturally at least positions me against what you would imagine the democratic position would be but with no details i just want to give you enough so that you feel i'm tossing you some red meat but because you're you're a bunch of flaming assholes out there we don't really think you have much of a brain because essentially you are just looking to be entertained by politics and you don't understand you know, in, in your foggiest dreams, how the hell the country actually works. I'll just toss out some one-liners out here. I'll say, you know, we'll 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 basically bring down inflation and we'll and we'll and we'll do a keystone pipeline or something like that. And you being idiots will throw money in our direction because, well, we're really against the libs, but you have no effing idea whatsoever we're actually for. Are you, I think, are you saying something along those lines, Dave? Could, could I be hearing you correctly? Yeah, that's essentially yeah, I, I, yeah, 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 I thought so. I thought so. Amazing. The other thing, the other thing is um, they, like, the only policy that they have a, a, a thing for is guns and it's everything but firearms so we had the the mass shooting on july 4th uh we had the mass shooting on july 5th we had the mass shooting on july 5th, 6th obviously the only reason that a mass shooting is covered is if it's like a like a big one at a parade or something at sure. a school or more than 10 people die. otherwise you don't bother naturally otherwise you don't bother <laughs> no, exactly no. um so we have been we have had a combination of different things blamed for this we have had uh women we have had uh Weed. We have had psychic. Uh, we've had uh, drugs. Just general like uh, mood stabilizers and things like that. 
Yeah. Uh, we've had advocations for exorcisms. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, this is just all in the last shooting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's worth remembering other countries have access to weed, generally more than we do. Yeah. Other countries have access to pills that would, like, uh, what is the SSIs that they, they're blaming? Yeah. Um, they don't have mass shoots. Other countries have access to as many or more violent video games and movies than we have. They don't have mass shootings. David, you're not you're not edging towards a, a, a notice that there's more guns than you wouldn't you wouldn't be going in that direction that there's more guns in in America than people that that couldn't possibly be where you're going with this line of reasoning, is it? Well, no, obviously that can't be correct. No, of course not. You know, of course not. As you know, according to our uh, our, our super brilliant Lauren Bobert, who got reelected, I'll remind you. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Denmark had a mass shooting, and therefore fire, uh, therefore uh, gun control laws don't work. Because as you know, if you have a mass shooting every couple of years, um, that's the equivalent to having one daily. That's right. It's all the same. There's no difference, obviously. Numbers don't matter. Since, since people can't count anyway, what the hell difference does it make? And it's all about emotion. So here, here, here's, here's another example of how your emotions can block out Anything, any any synapses that are taking place in your brain that might otherwise resemble clear thought, nope, your emotions can be triggered to completely block that out, like we do with so many things in this country. Right, and the other thing is, now we can talk about some actual policy stuff. Uh, Mitch McConnell's had a kind of rough week, if you are paying attention. Um, so he recently came out with a statement that said... Uh, you know, once people run out of their savings from all the stimulus and all the unemployment, we'll get back to dealing with the jobless crisis. Um, I'll remind you that unemployment is at like 3.5%. Yep. We're at essentially full appointment. Also, when we're talking about the mass saving, the mass stimulus, some people, I think the most you got was like 3,400. That's right. That's right. Over a period of three years. Yeah. No. It, uh, it, it, yeah. It's it's funny. I, I when, when we were looking when we were doing our taxes this year, my wife and I we became very aware of that. She's. I thought it was more. No. 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 You know. <laughs> oh my. Now keep in mind there are inflationary issues that would drive down the price of how much you got. Sure. Furthermore, there's actually there is actually some type of reasoning for the labor shortage. One, a million fucking people are dead. Yeah, just 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 off of that, let's say even half of them are in the workforce. Yeah, it's a it's a half a million jobs open. Uh, some of those people were able to actually pass down some money to other people who were able to have financial security for the first time in their lives. Yeah. That may have given them a chance to find a job that would actually pay them a decent wage. Yeah, yeah. Also, it's a labor market now. Labor has the power because they no longer have to suffer at the hands of capital in order to go back to whatever shitty job pays them like 12 cents an hour. Sure, sure, exactly. Because they know that these jobs need labor. Yep. So from that, that actually creates 
incentives for people to negotiate for look for better pay. Of course. And, and his and, thought process is basically want to just crush people as much as possible. Now, the other thing that's worth talking about is that apparently there's still negotiation some type of reconciliation bill for uh, with Joe Manchin that would help do COVID aid, that would do climate issues, that would do pre-K, that would just it's it's I think it's about a trillion dollars. Um, Mitch McConnell is saying that unless they stop doing that, he will tank the American competitive bill with China, which is basically just a way to create recreate chips in America. Uh huh. It's like fifty two billion dollars in uh, investment. Yeah. Um. This should be a larger story because McConnell has no hand here. The things in the bill are popular. Now, obviously, no bill is, is passed until Joe Manchin decides that it is acceptable for whatever crazy thing Joe Manchin decides. His investors, uh, whoever, whoever is paying Joe Manchin, yeah. Because this bill could be about – this could be a bill Joe Manchin writes and Joe Manchin will scuttle it, which we've literally seen before. Yeah, and when, when when his people, when his people, you know, when his investors, uh, you know, uh, get a hold of it and decide what what's what's in it for them, I'm sure. So, it should be pointed out that while Mitch McConnell is taught, thought of as a, a sinister mastermind, which to some cases he is, because to his credit, he did manage to trade two temporary positions for an anti-abortion permanent judge, um, which you know. Doesn't seem like a thing that you should be doing after Roe v. Wade was overturned. But what am I to know? Uh, so it's worth talking about how wrong he is in this point. Oh, yeah. And it's worth bringing up these things over and over again because it, it back ends into what I said. They do not have any policy on any level. They do not have policies. They have it a desire worth- for power. Power. When Getting more power is their policy. Period. That's it. It's whatever, whatever we'll take. We're taking whatever you've got. That's our policy. If you've got something, we want it back. We, we don't want you to have power. We want to have power. Whatever it takes to do that, no amount of illegality, no amount of inappropriateness, no amount, no amount of, 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 of absence of, of, uh, of ethics, no amount of uh, ignorance of, of tradition and, and modes of activity, no amount of institutional integrity. Doesn't matter. All we want is power. That is our policy. Plain and simple. And by the way, McConnell did not get that uh, conservative anti-abortion judge in Kentucky. Uh, Biden pulled that back at the last second. I'm not sure where that's going, right? Oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah. Again, no, it, it, that's it, one of those things where yeah, it shouldn't yeah. have to come out yeah. that, and for people to be mad about it. That's yeah. one of those things you should know is probably a bad idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's on hold at the moment. Someone found out about it and got the word out. And at the moment, I understand it's on hold. What else so, is going on, David? Actually, there, there was a really good um, comparison that I saw. I think it was uh, Ellie Mistel made this, this comparison. Yeah. Um, dealing with any type of any type of conversation and deal with, uh, with Mitch McConnell should be treated the same way that you're dealing with uh, Masai Ujiri, who is the, uh, <laughs> the GM of the Raptors. Um, <laughs> Basically, if you're having a deal, he's going to rip you off. And if he's happy with the deal, you're missing something bigger. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about uh, 
<laughs> that 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 sounds about right. It's um, it's a it's a, it's a very interesting world. And my God, we we haven't even begun to get even more international. We haven't said a word. I was talking earlier a bit about uh, about Boris Johnson stepping down, Shito Abe being assassinated in Japan. Boy, imagine where the gu <laughs> the gun discussions are going to go on that. But I think we're going to have to save that for our next session. David, once again, thank you for, uh, for everything that you bring to Center Left Radio. Where can people hear you besides here? Uh, Twitch.tv slash Fresh Faces New Ideas and Twitter at Faces Ideas. Okay. Uh, it is Friday. Uh, it is the summer. We are getting into the heart of the summer. Uh, you, you should be able to relax. You should be able to you know, do things that people do in the summer and in the, in the temperate climes here in, in this country and, and hopefully do it with some sense of uh, security and some sense that uh, there is a, a sense of continuity uh, about the country continuing onward but without fantasizing and kidding ourselves about the fact that there are some very ugly forces at play that we're going to have to continually deal with. We'll keep talking about them. David will fortunately be able to join us on Fridays and continue talking about all that. But in the interest of, uh, it, of, of, of celebrating a Friday in July in the good old U.S. of A., uh, I would strongly urge that we all just kick back and listen to a little more jazz.
You've been listening to Central Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. Just like Seinfeld was the show about nothing, the Republican Party of today is the party about nothing. They have no positions. They have no, no broad aspirations for the American people. They just seem to feel that they're entitled to have power. Why? Because, well, the other side did, and now we do. And yet people will support them. When will that change? Only when Donald is indicted.